0: Welcome to This Stroke Journey podcast, brought to you by the National Stroke Education Center at the University of Cincinnati. Your premier source for comprehensive diagnostic and therapeutic stroke education from the pre-hospital and emergency settings through the ICU and rehabilitation. Please welcome today's host, Dr. William Knight.
1: Hello, my name is Bill Knight. I'm an emergency and stroke physician from the University of Cincinnati, coming to you with the National Stroke Education Center. Today, I'm privileged to have my friend and colleague, Dr. Rob Stanton, join me. Rob is a vascular neurologist and one of my partners on the UC stroke team. Rob, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Today, we're gonna go over a topic that has certainly evolved since I was a a resident and a fellow, and that's MRI for the diagnosis and, and I guess the incorporation in the management of acute stroke. When I was a resident, an MRI was largely used to confirm the existence of somebody who had probably already been diagnosed with a stroke, but I think that's changing some. Can you expand a little bit about some of the, the promises? And I think at the end, we'll wrap up with some of the pitfalls of, of the use of MRI in acute stroke.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think that there are a lot of promises incorporating MRIs into the acute stroke workflow. I know on our service on the hospital side, after patients have been admitted for, for MRIs, like you said, a lot of times we're waiting on that MRI, so uh, being able to incorporate that as a first step uh, in the process, doing some of the work up, but also helping to expand the treatment pool of patients we can offer acute interventions to, I think is, is a really exciting avenue for the future.
1: And I think we've seen some of this, certainly with the dawn of the, the wake-up MRI, using MRI to help guide treatment decisions. And I think we're starting to see MRIs very slowly pop up in emergency departments, and, and they're not certainly anywhere near being used like cat scanners. But as the image fidelity and, and speed and, and efficiency of obtaining images evolves, do you see a situation where MRI can replace a CAT scanner or, or be used to confirm the diagnosis of stroke before any treatment decisions, which would kind of radically change how we manage acute stroke in an ED. Yeah,
0: I, I certainly think uh, in the future it could be. Uh, incorporated that way. You know, I've always thought it was kind of odd that uh, we get a CAT scan, but we're not actually looking for a stroke on a CAT scan, right? We're just looking for the absence of blood in order to, to treat an uh, acute ischemic stroke patient. So, I, I think just logically it makes a lot of sense to have a tool that can actually confirm a diagnosis before we are treating a patient with therapy and therapies that have, have risks associated with them.
1: Do you think that that would potentially drive down those risks or that that thought of harm, particularly in people that don't have a lot of experience or comfort with thrombolytics, for sure? But but there are also uh, hemorrhagic conversion side effects or or consequences with uh, endovascular treatment as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think it would inspire confidence. I do think it's important to remember that when we are treating, at least as far as TPA is concerned, stroke mimics, the rate of at least intracranial hemorrhage is exceedingly low, right? 0.6% in NINs and other uh, pivotal trials. So um, I, I don't think that it will dramatically change that, but I think it's a generally good thing to not expose people to any risk if we can confirm that that is not the disease process that they're suffering from.
1: Do you see it certainly in our in our careers and, and we've um we've we've certainly trained in, in similar timeframes where where stroke becomes an image guided diagnosis and not like you said, not a rule out, um, I guess more of a rule in, but an image guided disease versus some of the the, the limitations of the history and the clinical exam. And then and then certainly that doesn't even speak to the limitations of, of a lot of the time windows that we operate on when we're on call.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, I I wouldn't be a neurologist if I didn't uh, bemoan the loss of the importance of the clinical exam. But I think that sometimes our exam is limited um, for a variety of reasons and uh, confirming that there is tissue damage ongoing. You know, is a really valuable and reassuring test that, that we can now do.
1: To wrap up, what is probably the main limitation or pitfall that you see with some of this expansion or explosion of the use of a tool like MRI, which has been around for a long time, but starting to creep into the the acute management zone?
0: Well, I, I think there are a few things to consider here. I think that right now uh, MRI as an acute stroke tool is really restricted to just a few academic centers across the country, largely because of cost. Um, it is not a cheap tool for you know, hospitals and hospital systems to just place in the emergency room for acute strokes. I also think that it's important to remember, it is rare, but there are MRI negative strokes where patients come in with clear deficits and we don't see that on the MRI. And, and estimates have varied, but anywhere from at least 5 to 10% of, of stroke patients have been uh, diagnosed with an MRI negative stroke. And then I think the last piece is probably the more common scenario where people come in with stroke mimics and you put them into an MRI and you're going to see changes on that MRI. That doesn't necessarily mean that there was, you know, an arterial blockage that led to those changes. Other things can cause DWI change, but I think with the integration of a stroke team, incorporating radiologists and stroke specialists and and that entire team uh, putting our heads together, I think that inevitably we're going to help more people
1: than we're going to hurt with, with the added information. That's huge. I, I certainly think that that emphasis on both the, those side parts of the false negatives and the false positives are, are not often thought about when people think about what is otherwise the gold standard of of stroke diagnosis, which is the, the MRI. We are out of time today. I certainly appreciate you uh, being with me today. Again, this is Rob Stanton, a vascular neurologist from the University of Cincinnati. And this is Bill Knight signing off from the National Stroke Education Center. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening today. This Stroke Journey podcast is a collaboration between the National Stroke Education Center, M. Craig International, and MedEd On The Go. For more comprehensive, high quality educational resources for healthcare professionals, please visit
1: strokejourney.com.